This is a new thing. Um, so, whew, a little weird. I've been building to this for about, probably about 16, 17 years. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. Uh, I hope you're having a wonderful week, and I hope I can share something that gives you a little something to think about, a little something to encourage you, maybe a little something to apply to your life to make your life a little bit better. Uh, every week, I'm just going to try to make kind of one point. Now, sometimes you have to go outside of that for it to be the whole point, because things overlap. But I'm going to try to keep this short, succinct. I'm kind of going in order, at least at the first. Uh, the first new Jesus was Jesus comes on the scene, the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says he's here to shake things up. And so here is kind of the new system. But he didn't explain it all because it wasn't time yet. Remember he told his mom once, Woman, my time has not yet come. That was to his mother at the wedding feast where he turned water to wine. Well, at the Sermon on the Mount, his time had not yet come for the whole picture. That was to come with his death, burial, resurrection, ascension to heaven as our high priest, and then the New Testament church starting in Acts 2. Okay? But Jesus said, I'm here to shake things up, and, and he did. Um, last week we talked about how you're built for relationship. And so when your feet hit the ground in the morning and the pillow at night, if your focus, if your number one priority is not relationship, anything but relationship, it's going to cause you problems because our physical body, mind, uh, emotions, feelings are built to prioritize relationships and if those aren't right, nothing can be right. Okay? Uh, this week, I want to take the next step. Um, you're also built for love. Now, that you may have thought, well, yeah, that's apparent in what you talked about last week, you're built for relationships. Well, it is and, and it isn't, okay? Uh, there is no love outside the context of relationship. That is true. But we're here for more than just to be robots and for God to download love into us and then we go around love, 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 you know, like, like a... a a computer program or something. And that's all we're programmed to do, so we love because that's what we're programmed to do. No, that was not the point. The point, remember, uh, I'm lonely, I'll make me a man before the foundations of the world. Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world. God loves, loved me and you and chose me and you. Alright? But in order for us not to be robots, in order for it to be real love, there has to be a choice. Which, which means basically, and some people have, have said this in a very negative way that I've heard uh, many times. 
Well, if this is just big, some big cosmic test for God, that seems pretty cruel, and I, I, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Well, in a sense, I think it is a test, but not a test to be cruel. A test to see, given a relatively equal choice, will I choose love or will I choose love's opposite, fear, seek pleasure, avoid pain, self-interest, okay? That's the choice, okay? God, I believe, knows better than any being in the universe that the only right way is love, okay? Uh, Another thing to think about this is how many little white lies do you tell? Or not even white. And basically there aren't any white lies. It's just a lie or not a lie. Well, truth always points the way to love and love always points the way to truth. Lies always point the way to fear and fear points the way to more lying, which is to get something or get out of it. Okay? So, in order for us to be in loving relationship with God, it has to be of our own free will. And, and that free will has to be somewhere relatively equal choice. If we're programmed for love 99% and the possibility of fear is only like 1%, well, that's not much of a choice. Uh, okay? Or if we're programmed totally for fear and not any for love, well, that makes it almost impossible to choose love. And for some people, that is more true than others because of what they've grown up with and their ancestry. They have a lot more fear in them than they do love, and it is harder for them. But both of these are put in us, um, it's how we're built. Okay, we're built for relationships and love, but we're also built with the free will to choose self-interest, fear, seek pleasure, and avoid pain as well. We've got all that stuff in us too, okay? So the test is not some lab rat thing to see just curiously which one Alex will choose. The test is to see if I'm going to choose rightly, because all of us know at our core that love and truth are what's right. We know that. I've never met a person, I've never counseled or coached a person that did not at their core know that. That what they needed most was love and that truth was the way to get there, not telling lies and falsehood. Now whether they could walk that out is a completely different thing. Okay? But it's not a lab rat test. It is to see who will choose to be in loving relationship, which is what we were built for from the first. It's the reason that we're here. Okay, so let's take a look at, at what the Word says, all right? But, but I would ask you, to while we're going through this, to think about yourself, your family, your life, how you are at work, how you are in every different role of your life, okay? Uh, are you choosing love? Are you choosing to prioritize relationships? <clears throat> or are you choosing seek pleasure, avoid pain, yourself, self-interest, etc.? Okay? Because 
This is really the fundamental choice of all of life. We just make it again a hundred times each new day. All right? And most people, they get in a habit, a pattern, a routine, which is usually the way they were raised, and that's just what they keep doing. And they may try to change two or three times, but it's too hard, and most of them go back. Okay? To truly break the cycle, which is a, a phrase that came into popularity in the 70s and 80s primarily in the U.S., to truly break the cycle, my guess is that's one person in a hundred, if not one in a thousand. Okay? But you can choose to be that person. And you can choose that from wherever you are today. Even if you're 85 years old, you can choose that today. And that's exactly what you should do if, if you're living in self-interest, seek pleasure, avoid pain. Okay, Genesis 8. So we're built for love. We're built for uh, right, loving, harmonious relationships. All right? But we're also built for the opposite. Genesis 8, 21. The heart of man is inclined toward evil from his youth. All right? This is not a, you know, five out of ten people. This is every person. If you look at the original language in the context, it's a hundred percent. Everyone, every human being is inclined toward evil from our youth. Now, why would that be? Well, it's because for the first six, eight, ten, twelve years of life, we live and seek pleasure and avoid pain, and we're supposed to, because that's the time we're most likely to die accidentally. So when we put our hand on the uh, on the hot stove eye, we will never do it again. That's action reaction. Seek pleasure, avoid pain. That's how we learn to survive in the world until we're to an age where the odds of us physically dying are less. All right? Because the real test starts when we get to that age of 10, 12, 14, 16, where we know right from wrong, we can reason, uh, we're out of delta theta brainwave state, we, we only live there those first few years of life, and we're now we're to a stress brain state unless we choose love and, and prioritize relationships. All right. If we start choosing love and prioritizing relationships, we'll not be in a stress brain state. But once we get 6, 8, 10, 12, whatever that is for you, you know right from wrong. Um, starting at that point, if you choose seek pleasure, avoid pain over love, if you choose falsehood over truth, if you choose self-interest over love, it spikes your stress response. All right, And now you're dumbed down, energy drained, immune system turned off or down, negative thoughts, negative emotions, negative feelings, negative actions and behaviors, negative energy in your body, etc. Okay, so every day this is a choice and you have both in you. You have to in order to have free will. And this whole thing we call life is about what will you choose. Not that you have the strength to do it right. You don't. You can't do it right. No one can. All have sinned and fallen, all have sinned and fallen short. 
All right? It's by grace, not by works, lest any man should boast. Okay? None of us can do it right. So it's not about using your willpower to do it right. It's about using your willpower to choose. Okay? And you do. 100% of the time, every day, all day, have the right to choose. Okay? And that's what it comes down to. So that's a good middle place for this. What are you choosing? And, and growing up, what were you trained by your parents and significant others to choose? Good chance that's still what you're doing. Or you're reacting from it and doing the opposite out of anger or something like that. Okay. Um, so we're all inclined toward evil from our youth. All right. Well, how do you know if you're on the inclined toward evil path as an adult or if you're on the love path prioritizing harmonious relationships? How do you know? Basically three things. The, the, most, the best diagnostic one is anything in the anger family. If something happens that is not what you wanted to happen, do you experience disappointment for a very short period of time and then you snap back and, it, oh, that's done. All right, let's make the best of it and go forward. Or do you experience something in the anger family? Anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, overwhelmed, uh, Google, emotions and feelings related to anger. If that's what you experience, almost guaranteed you are on the evil path. You are on the, it's all about me, self-interest, seek pleasure, avoid pain. I'll be in relationship with you and I'll even be really, really nice as long as you're giving me what I want and, not, and as long as you're not making my life more painful. You start making my life more painful or keep me from getting what I want, and we're going to have to reconsider this thing here. That's not love. That's self-interest. Okay? A business deal. Scripture says, according to scholars, which I'm not, I used to hear Joyce Meyer say this all the time as my wife and I would work out watching her in the mornings, that Scripture says 365 times, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, way more than it says anything else in that area uh, in that area of our life emotions uh, feelings um, what we choose just over and over and over fear not fear not fear not perfect love drives out fear all right fear is the absence of love okay so pretty important to God if he says it 365 times okay uh, John's having his vision in, in heaven, in, in Revelation 1, and he's scared to death. First thing Jesus says, fear not, it is I. Jesus being born in Bethlehem, the angels come and the glory of the Lord is around them and they're sore afraid. What's the first thing? Fear not. All right? So, um, are you being ruled by fear or by love. They're opposites. The only time they go together is in a life-threatening emergency where maybe the woman picks the car up off the young child out of love and fear. 
all right? But that's once or twice a year, okay? If it's not a life-threatening emergency, they're opposites. And you should always choose the love path, not the fear. From love comes every positive virtue, emotion, and feeling. Joy, peace, patience, forgiveness, kindness, uh, goodness, non-judgment, belief, self-control, humility, all of that comes from the root of love. From fear comes the opposite of all that. You've heard of the seven deadly sins. Well, that's not in Scripture, but that's basically what it is. It's the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. It's anxiety, fear, sadness, selfishness, anger, rejection, I'm not good enough, I'm guilty, I'm bad, unforgiveness, uh, arrogance, inferiority, uh, uh, unhealthy control as opposed to faith, hope, trust, belief, etc. Okay? All of those come from the root of fear. Alright? The second way you can tell, I think anger is by far the best diagnostic but the other one is how much are you living in seek pleasure and avoid pain versus I'm going to do what is right, I'm going to do what is truth, I'm going to do what is love-based regardless of the end result, whether it's more pleasurable for me or more painful. doesn't matter. What matters is doing the love-based right thing. All right? So take stock of that as you go through your day. Uh, you might carry a little notepad for a few days and see, okay, I did not take out the trash. Why? What was I thinking? Was it something selfish or loving? I made that remark to my wife. Was that loving or selfish? Uh, I took the parking spot when me and this other person got there at exactly the same time. Was that, um, and on and on and on. The decisions you're making every day, are they coming from a love base or are they coming from a fear place? Tells you which path you're on along with the anger. And, and, and one other one I would add is extreme anxiety. If you have extreme anxiety in a situation that doesn't call for extreme anxiety, there's nothing that threatening there, all right? That's also evidence you're on the fear path, not the love path, okay? Uh, so let's go on. John 14, 27. I give you peace. My peace I give to you. That's, that's Jesus. My peace I give to you. John 4, 7. Love is from God. So we have in us love, peace, joy, the fruits of the Spirit, but we also have their opposite. We also have anger, irritation, frustration, hopelessness, helplessness, selfishness, rejection. We have both in us. We're born with both in us. We'll die with both in us. Okay? Um, 2 Corinthians 5.17 You are a new creature. The old is passed away. All things are made new. Oh, wow. And, and uh, Colossians 1 Colossians 3, 9 and 10, talks about the old man. And the old man has to be put to death. Okay? Well, the old, wh what is the old man? The old man is me before Jesus. It's me before salvation. Okay? 
The old man is seek pleasure and avoid pain. The old man is what's in it for me. The old man is if I don't get my way, anger, irritation, frustration, etc. Okay? I believe in Romans 7, Paul is talking about the old man when he says what I do is not what I want to do. What I do is what I don't want to do. And I do it over and over and over again. Okay? And this is at the end of Paul's ministry, not the first. So if you struggle with this, you've got great company. The Apostle Paul, at the end of his life, struggled with this in a way that seems like an everyday, common thing for him. So again, what I'm saying today, you're not necessarily supposed to beat this with your willpower. You can't. You're supposed to choose and let God and the Holy Spirit... And, and being one with Jesus, the mystery of the ages, give you the power and strength to do a little bit better today than you did yesterday. But the, in, but, but the important thing is what is your intention? Where is your heart? Does God have your heart? Is the intention of your heart in the morning and at night and in between to prioritize relationships and and love versus fear or selfishness or seek pleasure and avoid pain all the time. That is my intention. Now, I fall down every day. I blow it every day. That's okay. God knew that. That's the reason Jesus was crucified before the foundations of the world. Before God ever started any of this, He knew you could not do it right. It is not about you doing it right. It is about you choosing him, Jesus, and love. And letting His power flow through you. The wonderful Isaiah passage that all of us have heard most of our life. Okay, Wait on the Lord and you will mount on wings of eagles. You will run and, and not faint. You, you'll walk and not faint. You'll run and not grow weary. Well, the actual translation in that passage, I'm told, is not wait on the Lord and you will receive this from the Lord. The word is exchange. Wait on the Lord and you'll exchange your strength for His strength. You'll exchange your thoughts for His thoughts, the mind of Christ. You'll exchange your feelings for His feelings about that thing in your life and you and your identity, and worth, and all the secret sins, and, and all of that stuff. You exchange yours for God's. Well, God's the one who said, He puts your sins as far as the east is from the west, and remembers them no more. And Paul gives us the definitive thing on that, I believe, after he expresses his frustration that I keep doing what I don't want to do and don't do what I do want to do, when he says, when this happens, so when that happens for you today, Paul says it's not me doing it. It's sin living in me. That's the old man. Sin living in me. All right? Well, how does it live in us? I believe it's through our memories. And, and memories passed down from generations, the sins of the fathers. And we have <clears throat> memories we don't even know we have that are pushing our stress button, that are pushing our fear button, that are making it harder for us to choose love. But remember, God says, I will always give you a way of escape. So no matter how 
your upbringing was, maybe it was 90% fear, 10% love, God is going to intervene in situations in your life so that you do have a way of escape if you choose it. But sometimes you have to turn to Him in order to find that. It's not always readily obvious. Okay. And then the end of Paul's thing is... It's not me doing it. It's sin living in me. Then he says, who will rescue me from this body of death? All sin is connected to the body. And I think that's why the analogy in Scripture is the old man. That's a body, an old, uh, diseased, uh, beat up body. Okay? That's what this is. It's not who you are. It's, It's really your body suit. Who you are is your spirit and heart. And that's what God wants. Okay. And then and then uh, the one to me that kind of says it all. Deuteronomy 30 verses 19. I put before you both life and death. Choose life. So how do you choose life? Well, first of all, you, ch- you choose God. You choose Jesus. You choose the Holy Spirit. You choose to um, look at the instruction book for your life, not because you have to feel guilty if you mess it up. You don't. That's what grace is. It's already been paid for before you ever do that. So it's not about that. It's just realizing I'm made to tell the truth. If I tell a lie, I start to malfunction. A lie detector test is a stress test. I'm built for love. If I prioritize money, I'm going to start having malfunctions. I'm built for relationships. If I prioritize achievement over relationships, I'm going to start malfunctioning. Okay? But, in order for the whole purpose of this life to be fulfilled, God had to give us a relatively equal choice besides love. And that choice is fear. It is... Seek pleasure, avoid pain. The evidence that you are choosing that is anything in the anger family when you don't get what you want or extreme anxiety. Okay? The evidence that you are choosing it is when you don't get something you want, you feel disappointment, but nothing to the area of anger unless it's a life-threatening situation. So that changes it. But if it's not a life-threatening situation and anything happens that you didn't want or something you did want didn't happen, your emotions and feelings never rise to extreme anxiety or anything in the anger family. Disappointment for a period of time And then disappointment put aside, let's go forward again. Okay? So, that's how you choose life or death. Is say, okay, I'm going to prioritize love and right harmonious relationships. I'm going to make my relationships right, the ones that aren't right. I'm going to start putting more time into those, more of my heart and emphasis of my life into those. My intention is that those will be the that will be the priority of my life. That's my intention. When I mess up, I say I'm sorry, get back on the horse, go again. 
I'm always going to make mistakes, but if that continues to be my intention, I'll get a little better, a little better, a little better, a little better over time. And then every once in a while, the Holy Spirit or God will give me a big jump up. And you'll have a number of those during your life. So um, to me, those are sort of God giving me strength and power that I don't have on my own. Uh, Holy Spirit's the power that raised Jesus from the dead, lives in us, brings life and health to our mortal body, and a number of other things. Okay? So, are you choosing life or death? Well, about 9 out of 10 people that come to me for counseling, therapy, coaching, mentoring, whatever, are choosing fear and calling it love. They're choosing self-interest and calling it love. They're choosing seek pleasure and avoid pain and calling it love. That will never work, okay? Uh, The same tree does not bring forth bitter fruit and good fruit. The same spring does not bring forth sweet water and poisoned water, all right? Um, If you are choosing seek pleasure, avoid pain, stimulus response, what I want, when I want, etc., you are not choosing, at least regularly, love and relationship. And you cannot fool God, and you cannot fool your own heart and unconscious mind. Okay? So if you choose the fear path, that's exactly what you're going to get. And your unconscious is going to give you that 24-7. Fear-based thoughts, fear-based feelings, fear-based emotions, fear-based action, negative energy in your body, immune system turned down, creative thinking turned down, um, etc. If, on the other hand, you choose life, I prioritize God, my relationship with God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, above all else. I prioritize love above anything else in my life. And you you do it from your heart, okay? Then your body is built for that too. And it releases oxytocin, endorphins, peptides, positive thoughts, feelings, emotions, positive energy in the body, immune system working like the Hulk, to heal anything that needs to be healed. Yeah, you have pain, just like everyone else has pain. But you, you, the pain transports you to a, another higher level every time because you're going through the pain in love, not in anger and fear. Okay? So, we're built for relationships. We're built for love. But... We had to have a choice. And so you've got both in you. You've got the love and the seek pleasure, avoid pain. Both. You've got the self-interest and loving others and prioritizing them and their needs as equal to or sometimes even more than your own. You have both. So as God said thousands of years ago, I set before you today life and death choose life. You don't have to get it right. Your job is just to choose that and to let the power, the love, the forgiveness, the strength of God empower you. Exchange 
your emotions for the feelings of God about your life, your sin, etc. Okay? Exchange your strength for his strength. Exchange how he sees your sin and mess-ups in life as opposed to the guilt and shame that you feel when you see them, which he does not see. Sets them apart and remembers them no more. And as Paul says, when you are right with him and you do what you don't want to do and you don't do what you do want to do to God, it is not you that did it. He pulls down the gavel and says, innocent. So, choosing love doesn't mean doing it right. It means accepting the free gift of love from God and that and right relationships being your priority, knowing you're going to mess up all the time, but that's part of it. Okay? So, um, which are you choosing today? And And if it's death, how about start today choosing life? Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful, blessed day.